Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. We're so honored to have them here, and he's uh, doing a work in Ethiopia, which I'm hoping he's going to show a little, share a little bit more about. But um, without further ado, please give a One Cause Church welcome to Pastor Charles Schlintz. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Before we share, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the Spirit of God that dwells in each one of us. He is the great teacher. He is the one who we look to for life and breath and everything that we need in this life. And Father, we thank you that I would speak as the oracles of God and minister with your ability. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. We want to share just a little bit about what's happening in the ministry before we get into the Word of God. Uh, we, this last, in, in this last June, we graduated 141 students. Hallelujah. Amen. And now, between our, we have our main school in Addis Ababa, which we do in English. Then we have three other schools, which we do in, our, in the native language. And the graduates from the English school will teach in those schools. And with all the schools together, we have around 425 students. And so God is doing a wonderful thing in that respect. Uh, this last, last June, I did a singles conference, and, and about 700 single people came. And, you know, because a lot of times they don't, they don't know how to uh, have wisdom in choosing a mate. If you don't have wisdom in choosing a mate, you'll have grief in your marriage. And maybe more than you expect. And so there's a lot of, you know, you can't, you can't tell everybody everything, but you can give them enough to make good decisions. And so this next time when I go back, which will be in a few weeks, uh, we will do a parenting seminar. And we're just inviting churches, all the churches. And uh, so... Uh, but, you know, a lot of times people have, see, they think they have a strong family because they have a lot of gatherings. But a gathering doesn't make a strong family because a, a lot of their older teenage children are doing things they don't know they're doing. But they think everything's okay because everybody gets together. And it's not okay because I talked to some of the teenagers and the teenagers are honest with you and you know, if you love a teenager, they'll be honest with you. Yeah. And so uh, it works everywhere, even in Ethiopia. And uh, they'll tell me things they won't tell their parents because, you know, they know I love them. And so we'll, parenting is very important because parenting is generational. And you're affecting the whole future in parenting. Yeah. And so... Uh, it, it, and, and the devil does attack that a lot. That's why there's so many dysfunctional homes. You know, when somebody meets a normal couple, they're going, wow, what is this? Because there's so many dysfunctional people today, you know, even in churches. In churches, you go, you've been married how long? I mean, you know, it's getting sad, but it's like that in churches a lot of times because there's a lot of dysfunctionality. We're not condemning anybody for that, but it's time for us to turn the tide. It's time for us to turn it around, not only 
in Ethiopia, but in every nation. Because the church won't be any stronger than the family. And so, also, uh, we had the opportunity, uh, one of the ministers there who businessmen collected money for them, and they have a television station there now that goes to all of Africa, Europe, and the Middle East. And uh, the, the minister that has it, he interviewed me, and we're talking about me possibly teaching on there. That's, you know, if you go to Europe and to Africa, that's over half the world. Europe, Africa, and Middle East. And so, uh, great opportunities. God's given me great favor there. Great favor. And with another minister also, and, and, and some of the, the top officials in the nation go to his church. Uh, like the senator, what you would call a senator or a congressman here. The, the, you know, federal or the national ones. And so, God is doing a lot of good things. We keep very busy. Uh, internet doesn't work all the time. Uh, we don't always have water. We don't always have electricity. We have bugs sometimes. <laughs> but we have Jesus all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. We put a lot of hours in. You know, sun up to midnight. Even before sun up. Hallelujah. We teach, you know, I teach morning and evening and sometimes afternoon and then even on Saturday and then we go to churches and do seminars and mentor people. And, and so God's doing a lot of things, but God gives me supernatural grace to do it. Hallelujah. But you know, the truth of it is, it's not just me, but it's you also because you guys help support us. All the fruit that we have is your fruit also. So maybe you'll never meet them, but when you get to heaven, they'll come up to you, and they'll, they'll know, and they'll, they'll thank you. You know, thank you, because many people's lives are being changed. And, you know, our, the mod, kind of the motto of our ministry is to reach the few who will reach the many. Yeah. And so we're training, and these, a lot of these people are training. They're going, they're pastors or associate pastors or evangelists or or someone in ministry, and they're going, and like we have several of them that they've started several churches already, and they have three or four churches, and, and I mean, and it's, they're growing, the churches are growing because they have a message that the nation needs. And so, thank you for everything you do. And God is doing a wonderful thing. And so, you know, it's, it's, not hard to capture everything in words because, you know, you see it all and, and so many things happen that you don't know where to start and where to end on telling stories. And, but there's so many good things happening. And, uh, you know, God is so good too because, you know, like with the television, I'm not even trying to be on TV and now I'm almost on TV. And really, I think at no cost. So could you imagine ministering to half the world with no cost? No cost to me. To cost somebody, but not to, to me. Hallelujah. And uh, actually on that station right now, 200 people a day get saved. 200 people a day. The average. And so God is just doing a lot of good things. God's connecting us with a lot of pastors of the largest churches in Addis Ababa and 
and God is just doing good things, and many more, many students are coming. The attendance increases every year, every year, and also more influential people are starting to come. And uh, so good things are happening. And Ethiopia is really a key because it is the gateway from the Middle East into Africa. And we're raising up people because we want to pull down or put back, put back the influence of Islam. And uh, so I believe good things are going to come out of that. And, you know, we're 140 and no telling how many graduates we'll have this coming year. And so God is doing good things. Our school is now a four-year college. Uh, because we found out that in two years, people miss things. And really, four years is possible because we have a lot of young people. Four years also is just for them to have time to grow up. It's not so much that they always need every single thing we say, but they need time to grow up. And so what we told them in the first year, in the third and fourth year, they really get it. Hallelujah. And so God is good. We had our first graduating class of nine people from the bachelor's degree this, this, this last June. That's our first class. And so they'll be small for a little bit because it's more challenging for them, you know, because you have to write a thesis and you have to do all kinds of things, and some of them don't feel adequate English-wise. And so it'll take a little time for that to build. But God is doing wonderful things, and thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to get into the Word for just a short time here. How many of you can listen fast? In Ethiopia, they can't listen fast. <laughs> so I had to make sure y'all could listen fast. But I want to, I want to talk to you. The, the title of my message is Value Beyond Measure. Value Beyond Measure. I want to look at first in the book of Matthew, chapter 26. We'll look at several scriptures and then say some things. Matthew, chapter 26. In Matthew, chapter 26, it says in verse 14... It says, then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him, Jesus, to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. And so from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Notice... It says, what are you willing to give him for him? You know, what we're willing to give for something is, sets the value for it. What you're willing to pay for something sets how, much it's, how valuable it is to you. And notice, and if you study the book of Exodus, chapter 21, we don't have time to turn there, but in Exodus 21, 32, it says that if an ox would kill somebody's servant, that they would pay for that servant 30 pieces of silver. So that was the value of a slave. 
And so they said, what to the chief, they said to the chief, or Judas said to the chief priest, what value or what are you willing to give me for Jesus? And they said, 30 pieces of silver, the cost of a slave. And so Jesus was betrayed for the cost of a slave. And Jesus, they were saying, Jesus is worth the cost of a slave. But that same Jesus turned around and died on the cross and paid a cost beyond measure for you. He paid a cost beyond measure for you. He was sold out for the cost of a slave. But he did that to redeem us from slavery. Hallelujah. He did it to redeem us from slavery. Let's go to 1 Peter. And we're just reading a few scriptures. And what are we talking about? We're talking about your value today. You know, value, your value has everything to do with how you live. You'll never live above your value. How you value yourself will determine how you live. And so in 1 Peter, let's look briefly in 1 Peter. Because sometimes people are gifted. Sometimes people have money or have things, possessions, or they have some kind of skill, and yet they fail in life. Even though they have the things you need to succeed in life, they fail in life, and they fail because they don't know their value. And your value is not set by you because you don't belong to you. You belong to him. We've been purchased with a price. Hallelujah. Our value is not set by us. But you know, when people do not see themselves, they're setting, when they don't see themselves as valuable, they're setting their own value. But you don't have the right to set your own value because you did not create you. Your creator sets your value. And if that's not enough, your redeemer Set your value. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, let's look in uh, verse 18. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed, that means purchased. That you were not purchased. Knowing, See, when you purchase something, you're setting the value for it. What it's worth to you. I mean, I have a pin here. How many would give me $1,000 for it? <laughs> Nobody, because it's not worth that much to anybody. Yeah. But what you're willing to pay for it is what, when you set the value for it. Yeah. What they were willing to pay for Jesus was 30 pieces of silver. They set their value for him. But God has set your value by what he was willing to pay. And what did he pay? He paid with the precious blood of Jesus. His own life. The life of Jesus. Notice what it says here. It says, verse 18 again. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, you have a, va a value that's beyond money. See, money is how we value things in this world. 
But God has valued you beyond this world system. Hallelujah. Not with silver or gold, but from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God has set our value. See, why is that important? Because it has everything to do with how you see yourself. Your self-image is determined by how you value yourself. But you have to get your value not from yourself, but from God. Hallelujah. Because see, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's what Proverbs tells us. Proverbs 23, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, I am going to be according to how I think of myself, how I see myself. And you know, when you don't see yourself right, then you're not going to act right. You're not going to live right because you don't see yourself right. You know, the key to living like Christ is to see yourself right. You know, everything starts with how you see yourself. Everything starts with how you see yourself. And you know, when you start seeing yourself right, because the devil will always try to attack your self-image. Constantly, continually, you'll get more attacks on that all of your life than any other time. He likes to attack it with your failures. He's like to attack you with things not happening in your life, things that you, were, that you don't feel like you have, all kinds of things. See, people, many people, and I'm talking about church people. I'm talking about Christians. Many people measure their value by something besides Jesus Christ. In fact, we're going to talk about some of the things people do. Because, and Christians are... You know, because it's not wrong to have value, but it's wrong if we get it the wrong way. Because it's not really true. And we spend all of our time trying to get our value when we already have value. Many Christians spend their life trying to obtain value when they had it before they ever began. In fact, before you were ever born, you had value because Jesus Set the value. And it's a value beyond measure. It's a value beyond measure. How many remember in Romans 8 where it, where it talks about that if God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, because God is the final judge of everything. God is the final one who measures everything. He is the final one who measures your value. Your value is not determined by how intellectual or smart you are. See, some people, they, they, they want to get smarter and smarter because it feels it gives them value. Some people want to develop their skill more and more because they feel like their skill gives them value. Some people feel like their talent or their gifting gives them value. But none of those things give you value. They may give you ability to do something for God, but they never give you value. But when, we're, when we think, see, some people think money gives them value. If they don't have anything, they're ashamed because they get their value from the things. 
I remember when I was young and my dad had an old truck and it was a terrible looking truck, a terrible sounding truck, ugly truck. And he said, he said to me, son, do you want to give me a ride to school? Now, I didn't want to walk to school, but I didn't want to go to the school in that truck either. <laughs> because I felt like the truck made me less. But see, I was getting my value from the truck. Of course, I was smart, so I said to Dad, take me a block from the school and drop me off. (laughs) Hallelujah. I wanted to get a ride but not lose my value. (laughs) So I didn't want to lose energy or value. But you see, many people, if they don't have things, they feel like they're nobody. Because they get their value from things. Where it's a house, it's an amazing thing. Even like, you know, you you take people that are into drugs, that sell drugs and everything. You know, they always have nice cars. If you find somebody that sells drugs a lot, I mean, they're they're not a user, but they're just a seller. If they're a user, they'll eat, eat up all their money. They, that's why they sell, so they feed, feed their habit. But if they're just a seller, they always have nice cars because they think it makes them somebody. Are you with me? You see, but possessions, no matter how many possessions we get in the world, when it's all over, you're still no one from those possessions. They still don't give you value. They can't give you value. Some people think position, maybe in a, in, a, in a business or success in a business or position in a government or position in some, some kind of position of authority gives them value. Position could never give you value. All those things may be used by God to do something through you, but they don't give you value. But many people spend all their life trying to obtain value by obtaining some of these things. And, you know, and and I see it happening everywhere. And in America, it's very common for that. And I'm asking you to examine your life today. You don't have to sit here holy. You can be honest. Hallelujah. It's better to be honest now because when you get before God, you will be honest. So if you can't be honest now, you're going to lose out when you get before him. Because if you're you're not honest about this, you're going to spend all your life doing things, which is nothing more than works, to get value, and you're you're not going to ever have be available to God to do really what he wants to do because you're spending your life getting value for yourself. You may be doing things, but your real focus is you. I remember when I stopped, when I resigned from pastoring, you know, when I was pastoring, you know, I mean, everybody called me pastor, everybody honored me and everything. And when I stopped pastoring, all of a sudden, nobody was doing that anymore. And so I thought, you know, I felt like I was lost. But see, then I realized, what was I getting? Was I getting my value from that? You see, you can get your value from your position. 
But our value doesn't come from anything in this world. Our value comes from Jesus because he gave his life in exchange for us. Hallelujah. We were slaves, and the one who was betrayed for the price of a slave gave his life so we didn't have to be slaves. How amazing that is. What love is that? I, can't, I keep thinking of 1 John 3. It says, what, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Hallelujah. What kind of love is that? You know, see, sometimes we think we have to do this or we can't feel good about ourselves. Or we have to have this or we can't feel good about ourselves. What is that saying? We're getting our value from this earth. We're getting our value from what we're doing. We're getting our value from what we possess. We're getting our, you know, like some people, if they have a gift and if something happens and they don't have the gift anymore, maybe they were, could sing, but something happened to their voice, all of a sudden they're all depressed, like if they have value no more because their value came from their gift. But your value can't come from anything you have. It's not true value. Your value can't come from what you possess, from what you do, from your intelligence, from your education. Some people have degree after degree. Their PhD has a PhD. I mean, in, in, even in Ethiopia, everybody wants a degree because they think if they have a degree, then somebody will recognize them. But you see, value, value doesn't come from what you have, from what you do. See, that's why we live by faith, not by works. You can't earn salvation. You can't earn value. You can't earn approval. You can't earn anything from God because he already gifted it. He gifted it because you were unable. He gifted it because you were unable. But praise God for the value that we have in Christ. The Bible says that if he did not withhold Jesus from us, how shall he not freely give us all things? Freely give us all things. God doesn't only withhold he does not withhold things from us, but he has not even withheld the life of his own son. You can never trust in your own giftings for value, but you can trust in his gift. His gift is what gives us value. No wonder Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, see, it's different than the life he used to live. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. You see, 
I challenge you to take another look at yourself. See, God has it planned out. He says, don't use the mirror of this world. Use the mirror of God's word. Because in the mirror, you see who? You. If you go home and look in the mirror, who are you going to see? Your mother? No, you're going to see you. When you look in the word of God, you're seeing the image of Christ, but you're also seeing you. Because his life has become your life. But too, too many times we look in the mirror, but we don't look in the mirror long enough. And James tells us when we look in the mirror, but we don't look long enough, that we quickly forget what kind of person we are. I encourage you to keep looking in the mirror. To keep looking at the mirror. And let the mirror tell you who you are. Because the Bible is just not about facts. The Bible is about who you are. Who you are in Christ. And we can't lose track of who we are in Christ. Because when we lose track of who we are in Christ, we become victims. But when we don't, we are victors. That's who we are in Christ. But you have to keep your self-image fresh. As often as the devil attacks it, you have to refresh it. You have to do something as much as or more than the devil. Christ didn't, get, didn't save you so you could live your own life. We were saved to live his life because it's no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. Let me say it again. See, so many people are living, are trying to live for God, but God doesn't want us just to live for him. He wants us to let him live through us. But we have to see who we really are. You have value beyond measure. You don't have to receive anything to become a king. You're already a king. But you know, if you don't think you're a king, you may not act like a king. If we made you a king today, we'd have to put you in king's lessons. How to be a king. And that's what the Bible is, is how to be a king. That you already are. Because the king of kings has given you his life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I challenge you today, because no matter who you are, you can know the Bible very well. Long ago, I think it was Plato, Plato of Socrates, a Greek philosopher, said the greatest thing you could ever know is to know yourself. It's Although that's not true, that's the second greatest thing to know. The first greatest thing is to know God. But until you know God, you can't really know yourself. Because you were created in his image and after his likeness. So I challenge you to know who, you're, who you are in Christ. I know you've heard many messages about it. 
But hearing a message is not the same as you looking into the mirror. Many people feel like they know something already because they have it in their mind. And they've heard it before. But let him make it real to you. Look in the mirror. See, a lot of people don't even want to look in the mirror because they don't like themselves. But God has made you lovable. Hallelujah. By giving you his own life. And you can love yourself. Hallelujah. Because the way we love ourselves is the way we love others. That's what Jesus said. We should love one another as we love ourselves. Isn't that right? But when you don't know yourself, you're really not going to love others either the way you should. Listen, this is a simple message, but it will change your life forever. You need to make sure, am I doing anything or am I trying to obtain anything or I'm striving for anything that gives me value or do I already know my value? Because, see, when you already know your value, it makes you a giver. See, once you know your value, you're a giver. If you feel like you need value, what are you? A taker. Because you're looking for value. You're looking for something. So you become a taker. But if you already have something, you become a giver. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I mean, if you have a million dollars, is it difficult to give? No, because you feel like you have more than enough. When you find out who you are in Christ, you will have more than enough to give to other people. It won't bother you to help people. In fact, you'll want to help people because you have so much when you really know who you are. See, many people are not givers because they're busy in their life taking, trying to get something so they can become someone. They spend all their life trying to become someone, and at the end of their life, they're going to find out that what they got didn't make them anybody. Yeah. And they spent their whole life on the wrong project. They spent their whole life, instead of doing the will of God, they were trying to be someone. God made you someone so you could do his will. But when we spend our whole life trying to be someone and at the end find out that all of our labor was in vain and we wasted our life on becoming someone instead of expressing who we already are. I challenge you to be honest with yourself because honesty with yourself is the necessary for God to work in your life. If you can't be honest with yourself, you're not going to be honest with God. Sometimes we don't want to be honest because we, don't, we think the truth is something not good. But I'm going to tell you, the truth is that God has done more than you can imagine. And when you find it out, you'll be someone who is a giver. And giving will come out of you without trying because you're not trying to get anything anymore.
because you already got it. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, this might not be a shouting message, but if you'll get this, you'll be shouting. Hallelujah. Maybe this is pre-coffee for you or something. But if you didn't really get what I said, buy the tape or the CD. You can tell how old I am when I say buy the tape. Hallelujah. But what I'm saying to you, most things don't work unless you do it. He's done everything. Now we have to start using the mirror. You have to start using your mirror. Not just for a devotional only. Just See, because when you don't know who you are, you can't really be grateful like you should be. When you don't know who you are, you really can't praise him and worship him like you should. Because when you know who you are, you know how great he is. Because you know how much he's done. Wow. Our appreciation, everything, our whole, when we begin to see who we are, it changes our whole life. And you become a giver 24-7. You're not thinking about getting something. You're thinking about giving something. You're thinking, how can I help a person? So many people are caught up into becoming someone. If you're trying to become someone, you're on the wrong road. It's good today to change directions and get on the right road. And find out who you are and then start expressing who you already are. Instead of trying to become who you want to be or who God wants you to be. See, some people are trying to become who God wants them to be. No, if you find out who you already are and start expressing it, then God will make you who he wants you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, there's people in here. I don't know everybody in here, or most people I don't know. But you know everybody. You know everybody's heart. You know where they are in life. And Father, I thank you that you're speaking to their hearts concerning what we're saying. And Father, I pray for every person in this room in just a moment, Father. And Father, I thank you that every person in the room will take what is being prayed and they will receive it into their life. And they'll not only be determined to be a hearer, but a doer. Father, I pray for every person in this church because this church has a destiny, but a person has to find their destiny before the church can have their destiny. And so, Father, we pray for every person in this church. I pray for every person Father, that you would help them not to look at their past for their value, to not look at their abilities or their successes or even their failures or their lacks, that they would not look at anything for their value, but that they would look into the mirror to see the value that's already been given, a value beyond measure, just like the life of Jesus has a value beyond measure. 
Father, help every person see. Even though, Father, at first we can't grasp it, the more we see it, the more we increase in the inside. Father, help every person to begin to look into that mirror, even daily. And every time they're under, having a struggle with their self-image or with their disappointment in themselves, that they would look into that mirror. They would look into that mirror and wait upon you. And as our brother Ray read, that you would give them strength to mount up with wings as an eagle and they could run and not be weary and they could walk and not faint. Father, I pray every person would have the integrity today to be honest with themselves and with God and receive who they are in a greater way than ever before to rise up and be givers, doers, and people of destiny. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.